You are now listening to a member of the Disney Podcast family. Head over to Disney Podcast family on Instagram to see all the latest posts for this show and links to other great Disney podcasts. There was an idea. The idea was to bring together a group of remarkable people. See if they could become something more. I have an army. We have a Hulk. This is the Marvel Tribe, brought to you by Walt's Apartment Podcast and the Diz Insider. Avengers! Assemble. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Marvel Tribe. We are a group of excited and passionate individuals who have come together to share our love of all things Marvel. We are brought to you by Walt's Apartment Podcast and thedisinsider.com. We are joined tonight by David, Lewis, and Sam. From the big screen to the small print, feel the pulse in your chest so you know you're alive. One team, one love. It's the Marvel Tribe. It's the Marvel. It's the Marvel Tribe. Why are you laughing at me? I'm not laughing at you. you, But you you have a very you. I know you're not. You're a very strong personality. But when you did the intro, it's a very meek, very kind of. Oh, do you want me to? You want me to like? Like put some bass in your like. Bring bring your Captain Marvel game like. Fine. Do it. All right. Like, let us know the Sam that we all know, the feisty, like, I ain't backing <laughs> down for shit. All right. Namor is better than Scarlet, you know, which kind of. All right. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Marvel Tribe. We are a group of excited and passionate individuals who have come together to share our love of all things Marvel. We are brought to you by Walt's Apartment Podcast and thedisinsider.com. Tonight, you are joined with us by Lewis and David and me, Sam. Hi. From the big screen to the small print, feel the pulse in your chest so you know you're alive. One team, one love. It's the Marvel Tribe. Marvel Tribe. Marvel Tribe. Hell better. Yes. Okay. There's some excitement there. Hi, it's um, <laughs> Marvel Tribe. Yeah, I love it. It's exciting. It yes. Like, it sounds like when you said that, it sounded like Charlie the Unicorn. <laughs> I don't, I don't know that. Mountain, Charlie. You don't know that one? I don't know that. Oh, I'll have to send it to you later. That's that's not that's not a my generational thing. That's okay. you youngins. So what are we talking about tonight on the tribe? So, you know, there's some some light news because all the news right now is kind of surrounding the Ant-Man, Quantumanium, the the kickoff for the phase 5 here. Um so we're just just basically uh, we got some light news. We're gonna kind of talk about our opinions about, and then we got a game to play here. And I have to say, uh, Lewis introduced a twist to the game which we, we we didn't prepare for for this time around. It's our two degrees of separation from Marvel, which we'll do in the future. We'll do his twist because uh, it adds a little bit more uh, flavor. To, to this game, but yeah, um, how how are you guys doing this week? What's what's new with you guys? Just living life. Living life. 
Living life like... in the fast lane. <laughs> uh, I'm that doing sounds... good. But trying to stay warm out here. It's freezing. I know. Sir, we have snow on the ground. And See, with this, it was 19 degrees today. But there's that degree when it's like wet and cold and then snow. I feel like snow is cold, but it's like bearable. But when it's like raining and windy, that cold just beats out snow. Yep. It's a working cold versus it's just their cold. Like yeah. you can look out your window and like, okay, there's snow. You know it's cold. You prepared for it. But when you go out, like in, in the West Coast, cold is like it surprises you. Like Dave Chappelle, like gotcha, you know the the <laughs> B word and stuff. Like it's surprise. It, it it catches you off guard, and it's windy and it's freezing and it's like it's miserable. Cold cold on the West Coast is working cold. It's relaxing over there where you are, Sam. It's almost like a hot day with no breeze or a hot day with a breeze. Like, there's just yeah. a huge difference. They're both days yeah. are hot. The breeze yeah. is just killer. Yep. Yeah. So Wait, Coast, I right? like a breeze on hot days. So so do I. When there's no breeze and it's just hot, that's miserable. Oh, yeah. Okay. I had. I was a little confused for a second. Yeah, I, like, I got that backwards, too. I got that backwards, too. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> okay, but this is not a weather show, so <laughs> let's get into... Some Marvel news. What's the first article we have, David? All right. So the first article is, you know, we have Marvel producers dropping two X-Men's name when they're talking about X-Men joining the, the Marvel Universe, the MCU. And they talked about a couple X-Men that we may see first that, you know, that we all kind of know that is absolutely a part of the X-Men. So the hold on and grab the article pulled up here so the first uh name dropped here we got which i you know we kind of called it from wakanda forever is is storm so we may be seeing storm and we also may see bishop so we don't know where and how that introduction will come about uh we fan theory that you know, when we talked about what kind of forever, we thought it'd be kind of cool to redo Storm's origin. She's not from Egypt, maybe she's from Haiti, where you know, uh, Prince T'Challa is being raised right now. And we do know in the comic that gives book, me chills still, you know, we know in the comic book that they do meet and they fall in love, and 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 different, you know, they meet in Egypt, and you know, she was a master thief, and they and he was so. They can change. I mean, they've done it before. They've changed the origin story. But for me, this is one that makes so much sense to have Storm being Haitian. It just, and it's, I mean, the, 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 you know, is a, uh, you know, uh, island that is also going through its own kind of oil and everything else. So it's a need. It's an island that's definitely in need of a superhero. And its biggest villain on top of, you know, colonialism, um, just kind of uh, apartheid government uh, kind of trying to, you know, coming in and taking it is is Mother Nature. You know, they they are hurt right smack dab in the middle of hurricanes and everything else. So I was like, yes, Storm can be born in that chaos and be the perfect, you know, hero, you know, that I would change the origin story for that. So. So, yeah. What, what's your guys' I was going to say, I really love that, but not to take it back to Namor, but like when we saw, like Namor is, was a mutant, right? We saw yep. how he became a mutant. Yes. And I can see like 
the geographic locations aren't that close, but they're close and they're the islands are similar makeup. Mm-hmm. So I can see that, you know, some of that could pour over because we need that mutant gene mm-hmm. to be created. And that mutant gene came in a, in a different way than we expected it to. Correct. So. And I think, I think introducing storm would also help explain more of the origin of the mutant gene and stuff, because it has to, we're, we're seeing like, like you said, name work. Obviously, is a mutant. We're seeing that Miss Marvel is also a mutant. They hint on it. I'm glad they didn't follow through with the with the boy genius, her friend, figuring out like, oh, like that 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 revealing all mutants and stuff would be kind of like really. He's not even he's a high school kid, just kind of. So, but he added to the mystery to it. So, introducing an actual X Men character. And giving more of a reveal as to how she got her mutant power, that gene, like where it was, it something that was hidden and, uh, and the, the incursion from internals helped trigger that or, or Thanos or something helped activate that gene. Kind of how like we saw with uh, WandaVision with Monica Rambeau when uh, Scarlet Witch threw her through her her magical, her, you know, the, the, the force field that, you know, that she created for her little uh you know her little town and stuff that may have triggered an active yeah her hex triggered uh some latent you know mutant thing inside of monica we're guessing that they didn't really confirm that's what caused her to have her powers and stuff but i i think introducing the x-men to uh to solve that mystery would be would be great would be we great. have to because that's the way to explain it is the x factor like it's mm-hmm. it's a it's a latent dormant Gene, yeah. I mean, as long as they're going to go the same way that they have gone in the comics, absolutely. So it, there's got to be something that triggers that. Uh, and like, obviously, with Wakanda Forever, we saw like Namor was the one who didn't get sick and die. So there was something there in him, obviously, mm-hmm. right? So no, I, I like that. I like that Storm would be the first one of the first ones to be introduced because. Storm and the Fox X-Men are really, she was a solid character, but didn't get that much screen time or enough justice to the character. And then when they brought her back in the new X-Men, but not new X-Men, um, another solid actor, another solid character, but never gave the character enough screen time or credit to what the character can do. So I'm really excited that they're starting off with Storm, if, if that becomes true, because you don't want to sit there and, shove down our, our throat all the x-men that we're used to wolverine yeah, all that. Yeah. no slowly build into that Daddy, and i one sec guys no problem that, that was our intern there no problem unpaid intern <laughs> yes unpaid unpaid intern so yeah no i agree we don't want to shove x-men down the throat because it actually hijacks the entire mcu experience because we we do know x-men is a big juggernaut of Marvel comic books. And it really can, if you don't do it right, it can be overwhelming and too much. Um, so to introduce them slowly and kind of build this piece, I mean, i am be honest, I don't want to see a big X-Men presence until we start getting into the next phase. Until we, you know, until after King Dynasty and, you know, which could be, you know, eight, you know, eight years from now and stuff. And then 
they can relook and kind of retool and, and, and this kind of a lead into our next story about superhero fatigue, but then we can kind of start messing with some uh, rebooting and some re kind of, uh, of those very popular uh, th- uh, versions that we like, but I like where MCU is now. I like where it's going and it's gotten this far without a, a, over abundance of just X-Men characters and stuff. So I'm glad we yes. got all these toys in our toy box now, but let's not overwhelm everybody and throw them all in there. So. I agree. And, like, Go ahead, David. All right, Lewis. And it's working because you got, like, for instance, Moon Knight. Moon Knight, mm-hmm. nobody knew. Nobody know. I mean, I don't want to say nobody, but the general fan base, and that's where I'm speaking off of because I'm not – I know a good amount about comics, but not enough. But the films has really been a, a thicker introduction for me. And Moon Knight was something that really, like, that's my favorite show on Disney Plus still right now. And I feel like right now, Marvel and Disney have an opportunity to really sink their teeth into something that's bigger than the MCU itself because now they have a full catalog. I mean, you can go back to Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man or Captain America. Those weren't your key characters, but they made them your key characters. And now they need to slowly do that. And you're seeing that. Moon Knight, She-Hulk, Miss Marvel. You're seeing those characters slowly work their way up. And with a platform like Disney+, Plus, I think they could really do those characters justice and then bring them to the big screen. And and don't forget special presentations. That's a hit. This is one-off self-contained... Uh, you know, uh, Marvel characters. Werewolf by Night is not really connected to the MCU. It is just a special presentation that they actually uh, built out. And there are so many characters. I would, lo- I, I would love to see the Midnight Suns special uh, presentation. Uh, they can do a limited series of just the Midnight Suns and or some other things. Special, special presentation. I wasn't sure how to feel about that because I was like, there's going to be too many people going to be like. Oh, looking for the connection, like looking for no, it it they they built this as its own self, you know, contained thing. It's within, you know, what you call the, the, the diaspora of the Marvel universe, but it's not jointly connected to any of the storylines we're currently looking at and stuff. So it's a whole separate story just that happens to exist. So I love I love that they introduce special presentations. I think they should do more of that with some of these other obscure characters and stuff too. I agree. I definitely want there to be a slower burn, too, because that is what keeps us coming back for more. So they're feeding us these little tidbits and they're like teasing these characters and then we're not getting those characters and then we're getting other characters. But as far as the we're going to I know we're going to go into it, but the superhero fatigue. Like you have time. You have time. There is no reason to rush it. And I want the backstories. I want the little details that lead up to the coming into the powers. I don't just want, Hey, like I got bit by a spider and now I'm, <laughs> I'm Spider-Man. Like, no, I'm a superhero. I, I want the stories. I want the spinoff series of how it is to like deal with your powers when yes. they're coming in. I want like, like we got with um Miss Marvel and I want the angst and the turmoil of your powers are literally ruining your life that we got in WandaVision. They just need to take their time and give us complete cohesive pieces and not just make it like, oh, superhero life is great because uh no. Yep. <laughs> no. I I couldn't agree more. I mean, just like what Sam said, it's uh, imagine okay, what she basically described was 
was watch Superman and don't follow anything that they do with Superman. Because that's it. That's that's the whole thing. Superman was, and this is me crapping on DC, but um, just because I think Superman's an overbloated character, but he had no death. He didn't. Like we we thought he had these he has these powers and they're the coolest thing in the world. They didn't show his struggle with them. He they didn't show they didn't show like any of the instability at home. Like really, all that like stuff you'll see with Spider Man, stuff you'll see with you know even Tony Stark, who is this billionaire uh, you know playboy guy, dude couldn't really have a real relationship. He you know um, they didn't really talk go into the alcoholism piece of it and stuff. Um, but you know they they talked about some some dark things. I was like, oh, maybe I'm, I don't want to be. Tony Stark, but Superman was like, oh my god, he can fly, and he can't. It was the number one power that all kids wanted because it was simple. There was no struggles. Like, man, I can fly. I shoot lasers with my eyes. There's no death to the character and stuff. Now, since they've had, there's you know, there's all different iterations of Superman, and they've. You know, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna lie. I think they took in some pages from Marvel to do that, but yeah, yes, yeah, okay, it is what it is. But this is what Marvel does very well. Um, they like the backstory. You know, it, it's fine to just introduce them with a cool power, but it's even better when you can give, you know, reveal some of that mystery and of who that person is and connect that human being with, you know, like I, I still to this day watching when I first saw the cameo with Tony Stark walking into Spider-Man after he figured out who Spider-Man was and looked at his computer and was like, oh, that's an old blah, 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 you know, like you're into the classics. And he was like, no, I found it in the garbage can and it worked. It's like, yeah, I actually did that. I actually found a computer on the curb that someone threw away and stuff. I was like, so those little tiny little relatable pieces and stuff is what kind of makes Marvel. It's it's a nice seasoning that Marvel is really good at doing. So, and yeah, and they do that well with the Disney Plus Miss Marvel. I mean, we were talking about the first episode when they had the Avenger Con, like how relatable that was. And I think Disney Plus. I mean, I'm not the I'm not the biggest fan of how much they sink into it but for marvel that is a tool like imagine now i don't know what your guys views are on agents of shield i thought it was hit and miss for me on certain episodes but imagine if they took that premise and did like a professor x tv show where you're introducing the mutants and stuff like that in the tv show and then almost like a draft pick for football you know what we really like that character Let's see them on the big screen now and just utilize that, you know, like a days of our lives, but Professor X, where it just goes on forever. Nice. Oh my Actually, gosh. What? Speaking of, if they wanted to do, you know, something else with Grant Ward, I would volunteer to be his romance um, interest on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I don't care if he's evil. You'll be cusper number three. In, in, in the show. <laughs> so I, I've never been, a, I wasn't a big fan of the show. I just, I just didn't, I, I, I'm never really a big fan of, of spinoff shows that are loosely connected to what's on the movie. I, I didn't like when they tried it with star Wars. I didn't like, I just didn't, for me, it never resonated with me. 
because um, I always thought in my in my head, like, why can't you get the original? Like, yes, we got Colson, we got Phil Colson, but why can't you get like some of the more original people who are in the movies and stuff like that and build that arc? And then Disney Plus said, "Hey, I have an idea. Let's take the people that we have on the big screen to help build that arc from the for our television style content and stuff." And I was like, "Yes, finally, this." And then I can connect, and it just made sense. It wasn't like a generic off-brand kind of version. No offense to those who love Asian the Shield and stuff. It just wasn't my bag. So, stay with us. We'll be right back. You still loading them and heating them up with all your single shit you've been dropping. You feel me? Loading them up on it. It only takes structure, and, and you know, just paying attention to the climate of the game. Yeah. Nah, man. So do do your homies uh got a role in your in your little? You mean? Yeah, yeah. We all we all artists over here, man. I'm trying. Oh, yeah. I'm trying. Yeah. I'm trying. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to get them on there. Yeah. Hey, we, 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 yo, look, 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 look. We all artists, man. We go. You feel me? We gonna have this like. Bro, me and my man, like me and my man Kyle, we be like, I don't know, we play, we play with this <laughs> shit. Right now. With this I gotta lie, we play with this shit right now for for. Oh, I gotta don't play with it. Take that shit serious. I felt like each season felt like it was a different recipe. First season was okay. And then it just, it, every time I went back into a new season, it was like they were reestablishing something new. Um, but then again, though, I mean, we were kind of talking about the superhero fatigue a little bit. I think it's things like that. These quick to the big screen, quick to TV shows, quick to not let us really dwell on it. That causes that fatigue. You sit there and you see something that gets thrown on the big screen or on Disney plus. Now it's like, Hey, that was cool, but you did that way too fast. And now we've talked about it before. The shows, you get to the first three episodes where they started sinking their teeth into it. It's like, all right. And then after the episode three or four, it just kind of dies out. So I think letting it burn and letting it grow on us is what's going to kind of help, ironically, help fight the superhero fatigue that's going around. Uh-huh. I, I agree. So let's talk about superhero fatigue because, you know, Marvel's been around for, God, I was about to say 22 years, but that's not right. Um, so Iron Man came out in 2008. Mm-hmm. Holy moly. Okay. So over so we're over a decade. It's 2023 now. Um, we have dozens and dozens of Marvel uh content and shows and properties and movies out there. Um they superheroes is the thing. Uh, so much so that even other actors are coming out because uh some people aren't really feeling this vibe. They really want more of the art back into movies and they don't consider this they they think this is an anomaly and i'm like you don't get to exist over a decade in in the social conscious of of our of generations and stuff and just be called like a, a fad it they're they're here to stay but it was asked it was asked of you know the, the powers to be mr kevin feige and stuff about superhero fatigues concerns and stuff and he he his his response was pretty poignant he wanted to. He, this is why he created phases uh, for for his story arcs and stuff. You know, he he has an idea and he and he wanted to show the audience that it was going to be kind of peppered throughout a series of different uh, different shows and stuff, and it's going to come to a climax, and then they're going to reset and do another phase. 
and just and and they're going to piecemeal things out and stuff in that way. So they they because he said you know with Disney they have the power they can just dump all the content they want you know and that but that's not a good recipe and stuff and people will get over you know exposed and super and fatigued and everything else and stuff. But doing it in this kind of phase piece um, and being able to pivot. That's the other thing he said. You know, there's a lot of uh, uh, movies, uh, shows, and things that they were able to just kind of pivot based on fans' responses and stuff, and that helped them even further. Uh, you know, move the move the needle and move uh, and keep things fresh and stuff. Uh, so, so with that, I I think Marvel is pretty good about com- combating. Actually, Marvel as a whole is the single thing that is actually combating superhero fatigue because if i remove marvel from the equation i'm not gonna lie i think people would have gotten tired of of the start and restarts of the dc stuff and 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 again i'm not trying to hate on dc i do love some of their properties and stuff i i i you know i i I enjoyed some of their movies some of them i didn't think were was really good but and I and I felt the frustrations of the fans about some of these starts and restarts and and they made it very visible like it's it's almost um, it was more about the actors playing these roles and being replaced in these roles and the contracts and everything else versus actually talking about the characters about Batman and what's the new you know, version of Ben Affleck's Batman versus, you know, it was really about, you know, Ben Affleck and his role and, and he's all big and buff and he's going to with Harry Conville and everything else. And then they're going to start and restart. And then Ezra Miller, who is weird. I mean, God, I, I don't know how you stake uh, your, 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 you know, your, your franchise with, with that kid. But, but yeah, it, it became this weird thing where, people started talking about the real actors, not the characters. And, and then they would just reset. It's like, well, okay, we're going to get the twilight kid to play Batman. And, but we're not going to tie it to the universe, you know? So, but we're going to, you know, it's, it, it, it just kind of, you get that, that stuff gets tiring and that stuff gets old. And so if we did not have Marvel movies, I guarantee people have been over. Uh, uh, there's no way, uh, DC be making the billions of dollars that they would be making. I mean, Marvel op- kicked that door open and stuff. Uh, there, it's, it's just that's just my opinion and stuff. The fatigue would have set in, but we do have Marvel and they exist in this universe and they are really building out and testing these new recipes and stuff. I mean, She Hulk. Not a lot of people like She Hulk, and that's that's fine. I thought. For me, I, I grew up. Uh, my mom was a huge Ali McBill fan. She I thought that. it was wonderful the way they broke and down the fourth wall. Yes, so, so I liked it because for that, for me, there's that nostalgia piece. It was comedy. It was weird. It was something new and it was something different and stuff. And it was just a little bit of comic relief, even though it wasn't as funny as it could have been. There, it really could have been a pretty, uh, really uh, well received show, but it just wasn't as funny. And then other people had their own reasons for not liking it and stuff. But it was something new, and it was something different. And Marvel tried it, and I, I loved it. And it kept people talking, and it kept the conversation going. And look, the, even the people who were saying Marvel, you know, Jay jumped the shark. They're never going to get any more of my money and stuff like that. And then guess what? We got uh, Wakanda Forever come out. Boom, blockbuster. We're back into the billionaire uh, category. We got Ant-Man, Quantumania coming out. Even before it comes out, we already know 
it's going to be a billion dollar banger and stuff. So that 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 fatigue or that that I don't really want to mess with Marvel anymore because of they've gone woke or they gone this and that. That's just that's just background noise. It's none of it holds up. It's not it's not being reflective in the box office numbers and stuff. So so uh, I sorry I went on a tangent there. I apologize. I started with woke and I went on to the whole. I don't you, know. You brought up some good points though. I mean, yeah, you did. Marvel's also being smart about it. I mean, you think about it. Five years ago, everyone was getting confused because you'd see the Marvel logo pop up on the big screen, but you have those that were watching it and just saw Marvel Studios pop up. Then you had those that were watching it and saw that these are two different Marvel Studios uh, intros. One is the Kevin Feige Disney Marvel collaboration intro, and then some was the Sony in collaboration with Marvel intro. So then there's like, there's like almost like lack of education from the common fan that says, hey, here we have four Marvel movies coming out. Yes, but that's because three different production companies are making them. So Marvel is being smart by trying to bring this all in because ultimately they understand that. They understand that you can only have so many Marvel films out there before natural fatigue is going to happen. But the thing with it too is, you're not seeing the drama behind the scenes in the movie. You watch a DC movie again, not trying to bash them either, but you could see the drama on the movie. You see, you see, why is there three different Batmans? Why are you making another Batman movie within four years of the dark Knight series? You're we're not going to see another Iron Man series for a while. If we even do. Um, so Marvel's just being really smart with it. I think the TV shows are very helpful. Um, the TV shows are there their testing pilots? Whether it's the things they Good use night. to tease and see, like, what will we jump at? Exactly. I mean, they in uh, She-Hulk, they dropped a couple big things. I mean, they dropped Hulk Sun, which we were predicting that uh, previously before the show came out. They were they were testing the fourth wall. Me, I liked it up until the season finale, uh, but many people didn't. Um, Moon Knight, that's a character like werewolf by night that hey we're gonna test the waters with these guys we're not gonna attach them to the mcu just yet but we're gonna see what everyone thinks and i think marvel is just being smart with it but also i think a lot of the fatigue comes from the common fan because right now that's the cool thing to do is to not like superhero movies it's easy to say i don't like superhero movies because no one's gonna judge you for it but if you say you like superhero movies oh you're a sellout that's what you're doing that's all it is. But again, the dollars are showing people want to see these. Yep, absolutely. So, and, and Kevin Feige, he was quoted saying, you know, because uh, he, so, he, he started out with the comparison about, um, you know, not really understanding when uh, his second year at Marvel. So he's been in Marvel Studios for 22 years. And second year, uh, people were asking, you know, how long is this, you know, this is going to last, you know, is this a fad like the comic book movies? Um, you know, when is it going to end? And he's like, I really didn't understand that question because to me, it was akin to asking after gone with the wind, how many more movies can be made off of novels and stuff? And, you know, like, do you think the audience will sour on movies being adapted from books? And that, and for me, that was a, that's a very fair comparison because Kevin Feige went on to say, you know, that there are 80 years of the most interesting, emotional, groundbreaking stories that's ever been told in Marvel Comics. And we barely scratched the surface with these stories and stuff. 
So, yeah, so there's something. I think his, one of his key formulas is there's something for everybody. There's a little bit something for everybody. And then some people actually discover that they like stuff that they didn't even think that was catered towards them. So, yeah, I I don't think I think Marvel knows what they're doing when it comes to the, the movie fatigue stuff. It's not I don't see it coming anytime soon. So, yeah. And one thing you mentioned, though, too, I do wish that Marvel would have some type of closure to some stories because mm-hmm. you do. You jump in now and you really got to still go back a few, few films, depending on where you're jumping in at to play catch up. So I do wish when the infinity saga, what they were calling it, when that ended, there was kind of a more clearer break. I wish we'd went to like the Kang dynasty phase one, just start the phases like a different layer. Because when you hear phase four, you think that's part four. So I can see where some people are like, I got to go back 20 years to watch films to catch up. I wish the infinity saga and the Kang dynasty saga, which they're trying to do, I wish there was a little bit more buffering saying, hey, that door closed and this door's opening. But overall, it's not as bad as people are making it sound. Of course, we are going to get Adam Warlock in Guardians 3, and it's been a minute since we talked about that. So, I mean, there is a little bit of I have to go back and watch, but overall, cinematically, they're still doing great movies, and I don't don't understand the whole fatigue question that people came up with so much. I agree, hundred percent. In fact, I think what you're describing is what Star Wars is trying is going to starting to to try out. They're they're trying to end that 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 uh, episode saga that follows the Skywalker train. It's like this universe is so much more vast. We can completely close one story and open starting a brand new chapter one and a whole other new story in this universe and stuff and tell different stories and stuff. So I, 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 I get that. And I, I think Star Wars is going to experiment with that and, and we'll see because, you know, there, there's always going to be your, 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 um, your diehard fans who are always looking for those connections. They don't mm-hmm. like, most of them don't like disconnects. They like, this is, this is not a Star Wars movie or this is not a Marvel. There's no connection. There's no nothing. I, I was looking for, I mean, there maybe there was a a tree branch that looked like Groot in the in the background, and that that was the only connection they can they can find. So yeah, yeah, I agree, I agree. I, I think it would be interesting to, to 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 do that to close off that that entire Infinity Saga, and then start a new like Phase One, the King Dynasty and stuff. Kind of like you you have a new book. It's a new Harry Potter book and stuff. It's a, it's it's in a series, but Maybe that's a bad scenario, too, because, I mean, the, the inside of the books, like the Goblet of Fire, there's chapter one chapter, you know, until the end of that book and stuff. But they are all, all part of the same universe. So, yeah, no, Harry Potter is a good analogy. Um, I'm going to stop talking. <laughs> I'm, no, not David, like... Harry, I'm not a fan of Harry Potter, so I'm going <laughs> to use Harry Potter as an analogy in my point. It hurts your heart. It a little bit does a little bit. Do you think? I mean, speaking of other films, though, do you think Marvel can create some type of how Star Wars has that like crawl to like catch you up? What if like the Marvel intro was like a comic book style for like a minute or two, just to kind of throw some key pointers at you, just so then any average person that's going to the movies can watch the movie, see the little flip book comic style art for the first sixty seconds of the movie, oh. like boom, I'm caught up. I could watch this no problem because they gave me all the key pieces I need to know to watch this movie. 
And for us diehard fans, we may just watch it as refreshers, almost like a TV show previously on, and then they just do like a cool comic book art, and then boom, here you go, you're in the movie. So I'll tell you what, this is why I like Lewis's brain, uh, because when he was describing what he was just describing, I instantly started thinking about how Pixar does those little animated shorts in the beginning mm-hmm. and stuff, just to give you a kind of a little wet your beak and stuff of what's coming. You get to see the newer technology that they're using and stuff. Like it, it, it's when you watch those Pixar animated shorts, the shorts you can see from the original Toy Story how kind of, and I'm not saying crude as in like bad, but newer that the tech was, and you got to saw it in the short, and then you see it in the movie, and then to the more advanced, like really detailed and stuff like that, and some of these shorts, like man, like 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 they should win awards type level and stuff. And so I, so I'm not dissing Pixar. I like when you're describing what you're describing, I was picturing like those little mini shorts and the, using comic panels, mm-hmm. That would be great. Oh, that ties yeah. in comic books and everything else and stuff. Um, so I, 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 I absolutely, I, I think that would, that that would be interesting. So that would be a great way to keep breaking down the fourth wall too. It does. Yes, mm-hmm. you're you're bringing the audience you can, in. You can, yeah, you can literally see that. Like I can see them sitting at a table and they're like planning out the short or whatever with yeah. comic book strips. And have I Deadpool mean, narrate it. Dare, people, dare people narrate would watch it. You- all diehard Marvel fans stay for the 30-minute end credits just to watch a 60-second credit. So I'm sure no Marvel fans are going to be upset that, hey, we have to take 60 seconds to recap what we may have missed. But it makes sense. I mean, they do that in the books, and they do that in comics anyway. Why not adapt that to the big screen? Money. I don't know. It's lack of ideas. You should really uh, submit an application to work for Marvel. Because I, I actually think that's a really solid idea. I think it it's fun. You get newer people involved. And, I mean, I can't tell you how many Marvel movies I brought a new person to that I was the recap. I'm sitting there before things are starting kind of, you know, guessing as to what this movie is about to kind of show or what it may show. And I'm going off of comic book references and stuff where you have the inside track because you made the movie and you can catch up the audience and give them kind of a quick little little intro, little two minute, whatever it is and stuff of what, you know, what's, you know, the characters or what's this and what's that or, you know, and don't you don't have to ruin the plot or anything. You know, just just a quick little catch people up and then boom, enjoy the enjoy the ride. So. So, yeah, I. <clears throat> So, yeah, I don't think superhero fatigue is going to be a, a thing anytime soon. Uh, people are super excited. Um, I mean, the Ant-Man pre-sales are through the roof. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I guess we get we, we have frustrations with other properties like DC, uh, you know, some Sony stuff that's not outside. That's outside of Spider-Man because uh, uh, Mobius, uh, Morbius was not that great. I was like, don't you do my Mobius like that. Give that man his chest. I I love I love Mobius and Mobius, but um yeah Morbius and even uh Venom wasn't I mean their first Venom with Tom uh uh Tom Hardy was really good. The second one was kind of received kind of received well but people had some criticism it just it, it was just a Sony thing and stuff and so other superhero movies are kind of struggling a little bit. 
I, I got a question for you guys. Do you think it's comic book movies that are have the fatigue or, or superhero fatigue? Or for Marvel, do you think it's storyline fatigue? Do you think that fans are tired of the almost predictable storyline? For instance, Thor. Thor Love and Thunder, I was not a fan of. I started watching it, and the first 20 minutes in, I, I almost knew what I was going to get myself into. So did you, you predicted the ending? I didn't predict the ending. but Because I just, was like, I didn't predict that ending. No, the, the comedy, the the almost like dumbing down Thor in a way. Like, do you think fans are just kind of more tired of these almost like they're, they're using the same game plan for movies, just stylizing it to that character? Like it's the same format time at the time do you think that's where the fatigue is coming from that there's no real superhero movies where we're walking into and we're like whoa like for instance infinity war when you saw them dust away i walked out of there like mind blown like hold on what just happened and i feel like some of these these movies that we're getting don't have that i mean wanda went bad and then kind of good in the same film there was no drawing that out she didn't go good <laughs> hey, Rita, I'm, I'm gonna leave that where it's at. She, she, yeah, she, she opted to protect uh, her her family. She, she, she was. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that I, I, I hear what you're saying. I, I'm too. I wasn't a fan of Thor only for two, two, two reasons for me. Um, and I, I try to try to uh, have measured expectations because I, I used to read the comic books a lot and stuff. So I was super excited to see Gore the God Butcher and the fact that we had Christian Bell playing that character. That dude is a, a badass a character. And they they just dropped the ball with him. Like he really I mean, he wasn't even on uh, Hella's. Tear like we know more about her story just in the quick brief of of them you know doing the the arc walls and stuff explaining her then then really the the I mean the motivation for God uh, for Gore was yeah the gods weren't there to save his people and his daughter died and everything else but they really could have went into that pain and stuff but the God butcher was being gods we didn't care about we never saw them really in the MCU they weren't. They weren't really pulling it or and so even when the kids that were kidnapped and stuff, I had no connection and tie to that. Like he wasn't on that Thanos or even a, even even Killmonger level of a villain. And I think they dropped the ball on that. And then the second reason was Thor himself. Uh, they went to there is such a thing going too cartoony. Um, he, he, Thor was a frat boy in this thing. He, they tried to like, Hey, it's like, he was watching te- Deadpool movies. It's like, I can do that. <laughs> I'm, I'm a God. I can, you know, I can, I can do the splits and stop two things and have, and, and be a buffoon and accidentally destroy an entire city palace and, and just like, oops, and just move on to the next thing and party with my, my bros on the guardians of the galaxy. And do, uh, it's, they they went way off script in my opinion on Thor's character development and stuff and so that for those two reasons alone was the reason why I wasn't feeling uh, the movie. And you bring up a good point that with Gore not really building that. I mean, look at Namor in Wakanda Forever. Yeah, they built that character. They showed us. They gave us something to, where you're finding yourself in the movie, re- either relating with him or not relating with him. 
and stuff like that. Uh, one second, mamas, one second. So then you have that, and then you go Killmonger, another uh, Kugler uh, setup where it was just amazing. Um, but then you go to villains that were really, let's go to Ultron, that really have some weight in Marvel and aren't doing anything. One second. Absolutely. No, I yeah, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, one one dimensional character builds really is is kind of a sour selling point uh, for for me and stuff. Um, so they could have done so much more with that. Um, I was prepared to take the ride. I was super excited. I, I love the actor who they picked, and I just I, it, it it was on when I, when we did our list, it was on the bottom of my list um, just for those two reasons alone. Sam, you guys pretty much covered it. <laughs> it's, are you guys ready to hop into our game? We were yeah, let's jump into forty-two our game minutes. Yes, we we. So that's it. It's it's pretty light. It's late on, here on the in It is late. <laughs> so let's jump into the the most popular game that we have on the Marvel Tribe. It's probably the one of the only pop, only games we have. Um, <laughs> we so, need some real Marvel games. This this game is called Two Degrees a Separation from Marvel. And basically how this game is played is for those who are familiar with Six Degrees of Separation of Kevin Bacon, which is an old school uh, movie game where Kevin Bacon was such a huge movie star that you can connect any actor, actress to Kevin Bacon within six movies. That's how that was. Now, Marvel is the new kid on the block, relatively speaking, and they're, they're such a big juggernaut that we really think you can connect at any star, any actor, actress out there within two, at two to three. If you're three, then, you know, I don't think that exists, but at least two movies of separations to a Marvel movie. So we're going to play this game. I gave um, everyone... The list of the the, the actors and actresses' names, uh, just so they can kind of think and reminisce and kind of you know uh, marinate. There on were some good ones on the list that I was and, not expecting. Absolutely, and we're going to add in the future. We're going to add some twists to this game, but we'll talk about that later and stuff when we reintroduce the game. But for now, we're just going to go down the line, and I'm going to say the actor, and I'm going to have them give me their number. How many did they? How many, you know, how many separations did they get to a Marvel movie with this actor? And we'll see who who comes out winner at the end when we knock these out. So let's get started. So number one is the the world's greatest uh, Bond uh, actor there is, Mr. Daniel Craig. And let's let's start let's start with Lewis. Uh, how many how many uh, connections did you get separations? I got Daniel Craig in one. Ooh, uh, Dave, Dave Batista in the Glass Onion. Oh, good one. What about you, Sam? I had Daniel Craig with Jeffrey Wright in Casino Royale, and Jeffrey Wright voiced the Watcher in What If. Watcher, yes. Casino Royale, oh, that was a good one. And I, too, have Daniel Craig in one with Glass Onion that recently released on Netflix. So check it out with Dave Batista, Mr. Drax himself. All right, so the next one is Jessica Chastain. Uh, Sam, let's go with you first. I, mean, I, it, you... I got it in one. Did you really? Jessica Chastain was in Zero Dark Thirty I knew with it. Chris I knew Pratt. You were going to say that one. 
Did you get that too, Lewis? Yeah. Yep, same here. All three of us. That is a three-peat, Zero Dark 30 with Star Lord himself, Chris Pratt. I'm going to have to pick better better names, but um, let's go. No, there's, some of them were hard. Some of some them names hard. are hard. Most of them uh, I got in one, though, I'll be honest. <laughs> all right. How about Matthew McConaughey? Uh, what you guys got on that? I have one. Let me see if it's the same one I got. He was in Sing 2 with Scar Joe. No, I did not get that one. What about you, Lewis? I got him with with one with Idris Alba, who played um, oh, I'm blanking the name, Thor. He's in Thor, but he, they were in the Dark Tower together. Hemdale. Hemdale, that's right. Yes. All right. So I would say this officially. We all got Matthew McConaughey in one with three different movies because I got him in one with the movie A Time to Kill with Mr. Nick Fury, Sam Jackson himself. So yes. Three different movies, right? I, I love that Heimdall Guardian one. Love yep. that. All right, Mr. Joaquin Phoenix, the aka the Joker over in DC. What what do you guys got for that one? I have two. Okay. Go ahead. What you got? Uh Joaquin Phoenix was in Walk the Line with Reese Witherspoon, who was in Sing Two with Scarjo. Ah, okay. Oh, you use a repeat. Okay. Oh, I did use Scarjo a couple times in Sing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Listen, I okay. I did this like thirty minutes. The whole list, like thirty minutes before we recorded. I'm making these too easy. All right. I got Joaquin Phoenix in one with Scarlett Johansson in her. Oh, that's right. He was in that weird, in love with his robot or phone yep. or whatever that was. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I, I didn't finish watching that, so I don't know how that. Did he get electrocuted in the end? I, don't answer that. Don't spoil it. <laughs> don't answer that. So I got it in one, and me, I'm going old school. So I got Joaquin Phoenix in Gladiator with Russell Crowe, who is Zeus. Noise. That's a good one. I like that one. All right. So here is my. This is this is a hard pitch right here. This actor, also known as today's TV. Host of Family Feud, the host Steve the Harvey. Mostest. Hostess with the mostest, Steve Harvey. What did you guys get for Steve Harvey? Uh, Steve Harvey was in Think Like a Man with Kevin Hart, who was in Secret Life of Pets with Michael Beatty, Michael Beatty, who voiced a Marvel video game. Does That's that count? Not, that does not count. That's not Dang the it. MCU. Oh, I didn't realize we were doing MCU. I thought we were doing Marvel property. Mm-mm, That's okay. Mm-mm. That's all right. Okay. It, was, it was a good, good try, though. Steve Harvey was a really hard one. <laughs> he is. For me. So, yeah, Steve Harvey was. I didn't get anything for Steve Harvey. Um, I was, I was really digging, and I was like, I can't get nothing. But um, yeah, I have, I have a zero for Steve Harvey. Wow, I'm, I, I'm the only one that was Steve Harvey. I got him in two. Oh, so, good for you. <laughs> so here it is. And I've seen both of these movies. So Steve Harvey was in the Johnson family vacation mm-hmm. with Aquaman himself, Jason Momoa. That's right. The casino. Yes, that's the casino. <laughs> and Jason Momoa was in Dune with Oscar Isaac, who plays Moon Knight. So yes. Slick. God, I wish we had a soundboard. I wanna I wanna applause and stuff here. Ah, yeah. All right, got him in two. All right, next one. Why do you look so mad? You look pissed off, Sam. No, I'm just disappointed because I didn't realize 
my video game wasn't going to count. Actually, I kind of knew, but I was so you frustrated. I, I was so frustrated at trying to figure out one for Steve Harvey <laughs> that I just put the video game in. All right. Next one up is Mr. Theo Huxable from The Cosby Show, Malcolm Jamal Warner. What did you guys get on that one? I, so first of all, I had to Google his name because I was like, who is that? And so, <laughs> so but uh, so I got old. him. I got him in one. Ooh, okay. Uh, with him in two. Uh, you got him in two. Mm-hmm. So I got him in, um, or sorry, I got him in two with Matthew McConaughey, mm-hmm. which then brings me back to the Idris, the Idris Alba Dark Tower. That's what okay. I did. I have him in Fool's Gold with Matthew McConaughey, and Ooh, then I took him. Matthew McConaughey <laughs> yeah. was with uh, ScarJo in Sing. Nice. Okay. Well, I got him in one. He was in a movie called Tyson with Clark Gregg, who is Agent Phil Coulson. But I thought we weren't including the CW show. Agent Phil Coulson is... Oh, never mind. (laughs) (laughs) He's in several Marvel movies. uh, That was a the stupidest thing. I think when you were asking, that. I'm like, is she? Oh, yep. Yeah, gonna... <laughs> it's all It's all good. It's all good. It's all love here. Oh, my gosh. This was... one I had a hard time with. Uh, I was actually uh, debating on taking them off. But this next one actor here, uh, a very popular actor here, uh, old school actor, uh, Tony Danza. Got him in one. So, you got him in one? You got him in one, too? Okay. He was in Don John with Scar Joe. I got him in one, too, as well. But I got him with Don John because you know who else was in Don John was uh, Brie Larson, who was mm. Captain Captain Marvel. So we mm-hmm. got the same movie, right? Don John for everybody? Okay. That movie was uh, true. I've never seen that movie, so the, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest. That's why I didn't. I had a hard time with that one, but then I found Don John. I was like, oh. Okay. I'm still stuck on my Phil Coulson comment. Like, what the heck? I got it, but now that you keep bringing it back up, we'll have to bring it back up on the Wednesday show. No, that's fine. You can bring it up because, oh my goodness. I'm over here trying to find a way to disqualify David because he disqualified my video. (laughs) It's all good. You're not going to disqualify me in my own game. You know, that's just not going to happen. So, this next actress is... (laughs) <laughs> this next actress is actually one of my first childhood crushes. Of course. Uh, from Who the Boss fame, Alyssa Milano. Yeah, yeah, she was teen crush in the 80s and stuff. So how many did you guys get Alyssa Milano in? One. Oh, let's see if we all we all got her in one. Let's see if it's the same movie. Paul go. Pass. Paul Pass. Oh, I was going to say, she's about to go buy a jet ski. <laughs> she's about to go buy, buy a man a jet ski. Okay, we all got Hall Pass and we all got Owen Wilson. <laughs> Mr. Mobius M. Mobius from Loki. Okay. All right. We all kind of, we all were on the same page there. Here's another hard one here. Tyra Bates, supermodel extraordinaire. Easy. Um, wasn't really much of a crush because she had a big forehead, but she was, <laughs> oh my God. What's wrong that. with big foreheads? <laughs> Nothing's wrong with big foreheads. <laughs> I have a big forehead in myself, so Cut, big forehead gang. Over here ooh, covering ooh. my forehead. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's wrong with big foreheads. All right, supermodel. She's a supermodel, so obviously there's nothing wrong with, with her forehead. 
there's some things wrong with her personality, but that's for another that's show. Okay. I had her in one. I, I had her in one as well. She was in Tropic uh, Thunder with Robert Downey Jr. What? Wait, yep. was she? He was just a dude playing another dude. She was not in Tropic Thunder. She was. Was she really? Okay. If I'm not I'm mistaken, gonna... she she's the, one of the interviewers when they like interview uh, Jack Black. Oh, you're okay. She probably had, she had a bit segment on there. That's why I don't remember. Okay. All right, yes. you guys, you guys got that in one. I got it in one too, but I got it. Uh, she was in Higher Learning with Lawrence Fishburne, who plays Bill Foster in Ant Man and the Wasp. Mm-hmm. So, boom, got him in yeah. one. All right. For a second there, I was like, Lawrence Fishburne's in. Oh, I was like, yep, there it is. Yep, yep, yep. Giant man. All right, so next is a very famous uh, reality celebrity, but he also. Acted in some movies, so he counts. He so also this is, produced some movies. Yeah, he did. So this is the famous Jeff Probst of Survivor fame, and I actually had two connections, but I'm not going. I'm going to save that one for later. I'm not going to use that one because there's one from Survivor, which is weird, a reality show that actually connects him to the Marvel. But that's not what I got. I got him in two. So what do you guys I got? I got him in two. Okay. Um, Kiss Me with Zero. Jenna Fisher. Kiss Me with Jenna Fisher, who okay. was in the office with John Krasinski, who was Reed in Multiverse of Madness. Okay. All right. That's a good one. And Lewis has zero. So, all right. He, he's, he's out of the lead here. Um, I got him in two. So I got him. He was in Finder's Fee with Ryan Reynolds, who was Deadpool. But he was Deadpool with Josh Brolin, who is Thanos. So there's my two. So boom. I like it. All right. So I, don't I like it a say, lot. So we got two more, and then we can wrap this up. Uh, I don't know how to say his last name. Thomas, my kid told me about this person. Middle, middle Ditch. Mm-hmm. Um, I seen him around a lot of different stuff. Actually, when I googled him and saw his face, I was like, okay, I recognize him a little bit and stuff here. So, Thomas Milditch, what do you guys got? How many did you get? I got him in one in tag with Mr. Hawkeye himself, huh. Jeremy. Yes, Jeremy Renner. I abbreviated it, so I'm like, what the heck movie <laughs> is this? <laughs> what? Right, oh, well, straight, duh. Oh. Okay, he was in Wolf of Wall Street uh, with Matthew McConaughey, which then leads us back to ScarJo. Okay, so you got him in two. Two, yeah. All right. And I got him in one. Uh, He was in The Bronze with Sebastian Stan, a.k.a. Bucky Barnes, a.k.a. The Winter Soldier. So uh, that's another movie I didn't see. So I I do like Lewis Twist. If you haven't seen the movie, move on to another one and, and find that connection. Um, but we'll look, we'll use that for a, a future one. So the last but not least uh, is Omar Epps. So Mr. Juice, you got the Juice fame with Tupac, and he's done a whole bunch of other stuff since. I just that's such an old old movie. What do you guys got? I did not get him. I I didn't even realize he's on the list. I finished oh. at Thomas Middleditch. Oh, did you? Yeah. So okay. I went back right now. As soon as you said we have one more, I was like, "There was one more." Yep. Can you can you can you think of anything off the top of your head? 
Um, not off the top of my head, no. All right. I'm trying to put a face, a name to the face, or the face of the name. Oh, shit. Uh, so, yeah, hang on. I looked at, I abbreviated again, and I can't remember. He was in Juice. He was in Higher Learning. He was in Deep Cover. Um, he was in The Disappeared. He was, he was in quite a bit, quite a bit of uh, uh, shows. Um, he was in Dracula 2000 with James Wood. Yeah, he was in. He was in a few. I have um. Okay, so I have him in This Is Us with Lonnie Chavis, mm-hmm. who was in Kevin Hart's Guide to Black History. And that connects to Secret Life of Pets. In, yeah, who was in Secret Life of Pets with him? You were deep in the rabbit hole. I can't remember who was in Secret Life of Pets with Kevin Hart. Do, 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 do. I don't remember. Are you Google searching right now? Well, no, because I'm looking at my notes here and I, I am. put <laughs> I just put Secret Life with A D F J O. Was Robert Downey Jr. in Secret no. Life of Pets? Oh. All right. Well, I did it. I did it. You won that one. Yeah. So he Omar Epps was in Alfie with Jude Law, and Jude Law played Young Rog, uh, the Kree warrior in Captain Marvel. So yeah, antagonist. That was a good one. All right. So final score is I didn't really keep tally. Doesn't matter. It's all love here. I won. I'm missing four, so I'm already out. David was disqualified. <laughs> For those of you who can't see, I just removed him from the stream, so he's disqualified. Just kidding. That, Welcome back. That's some sore loser shit right there. That's... It is not. I said the points don't matter. Kicked me off love. the podcast. It is all love. You know I love removing. You the fan, the remove fans want to know. Fans want to know who who won too. So the fans know you always win. I didn't win last time. You guys got no, something. Not- I, I was like two connections. One, yeah, when you, I think you or Brianna or Lewis won. So uh, I don't always win. All right, Blair and Hulk, let's take us out. All right. So, my Marvel tribe, peeps and peepettes, I do want to tell you we are truly, truly blessed to have you guys as our, as our fans. Uh, this show is one of the fastest and quickest download shows we have in the Waltz apartment family, but check out us. You can see us in our faces on our lives on Wednesday. Um, before I actually sign off here, I do want to uh, um, have Sam make a quick, quick announcement about our Patreon. Yeah. Cause it's just another way you can kind of help support our show helps us kind of pay the bills and help us give deliver really fresh content to you guys. So Sam, take it away and then I'll close us out. So we would be super excited if anybody who hasn't joined our Patreon yet has, uh, were to join. There are a few different price tiers. You can just find it at Walt's Apartment, a Disney podcast on Patreon, or you can check our Walt's Apartment podcast Instagram link. There are a few different options. You get access to a Discord. You get access to some pretty cool um, Sunken City Designs uh, posters. You get stickers, some really uh, 
exclusive like interview access so you get to yep. sit behind the scenes behind for the some scenes, of our so. exclusive interviews and put like in this private chat that we have you would be able to put questions that we could ask during live timing for the interviews that's super exciting because we've got some really high profile interviews coming up for Walt's apartment podcast so join our patreon the links are over on instagram or you can go to patreon and then look at Walt's apartment a disney podcast choose the tier that's right for you come play with us in discord we are in there all day chatting sharing news uh tormenting each other with love of course so and you get sneak peeks of some of the cool things that lewis is working on so go join the patreon so with that said i just want to thank you guys uh, so much for keeping us uh relevant and stuff and we'll bring more content to you and we can't wait for ant-man and we'll break that down when we get the first chance to and with that uh marvel tribe marvel tribe out Try. <laughs>